Hi, hello again, and welcome to The Bible Project. We're part 39 of our journey together through the book of Genesis. And today we're looking at the last three verses of chapter 3. I'd remind you that the transcript of all these podcasts is available if you access the audio version of the podcast and look in the podcast notes section of that episode. So I'll just begin by reading those final three verses of Genesis chapter 3, verses 22 to 24. And the Lord God said, The man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and to take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. So the Lord banished him from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken. After he drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the Garden of Eden a cherubim and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. So God drives them out. And he puts a guard at the entrance of paradise so they can't get back in. And most importantly, guarding against him having access to the tree of life. Now I want to explain this because I think it's very important. God has done just as he said he would. He's expelled them from the garden and now he won't let them back in. As a matter of fact, he sees to it that they can't get back in. And he does so, as it says, by placing cherubim at the gate of the garden with a flaming sword which turns every way back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. God had already said you can't eat of the tree of life and no sin and still stay in paradise. God has said I can't let that happen. Now it's important to understand that preventing them going back and eating from the tree of life at that point was in fact a great act of mercy. Now maybe a question that pops in your mind is how is that in any way merciful? Well you see as sinners if they ate from the tree of life and lived forever the implication be of course that then they would have lived forever as unforgiven sinners. God you see has a better plan, a much better plan. God's plan is to ensure that the penalty of their sin could be met and that the penalty of course of sin was death. In God's plan, sin still had to be dealt with, so death would need to come, but there could also be forgiveness and a resurrection to a new and perfect life under God's perfect plan. Therefore, by excluding them from the garden and prohibiting them from going back, he was in fact acting out of grace and love. I asked a few episodes ago if once humanity had been kicked out of the garden, Did that mean that paradise would never be retainable again? Once lost, can paradise be found again? Genesis 3 indicates that man's relationship with God can be restored fully, but his residence in the Garden of Eden, in the innocence of paradise, is permanently blocked. On the one hand, Adam had believed God, and he was now clothed with the future righteousness of Christ. So in that sense, his relationship to the Lord was restored, but he was still excluded permanently from entering the garden again and eating from that tree of life. What happened to Adam that day profoundly and permanently affected the entire human race 
from that day forward. Let me quote what Paul says in his letter to the Romans about this in chapter 5 verse 12. Therefore just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin and in this way death came to all people because all have sinned. And then unpacking it further in verse 17 he says for it is by the trespass of one man death reigned through that one man. How much more would those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in the life through the one man Jesus Christ? You see on one hand all of humanity, all human beings, man and woman, we all like sheep have gone astray. We all sin. That's our nature. We all try and turn to our own way. That's our choice. That's what verse 17 tells us in Romans 5. What Adam did that day has affected us all because now we are all born under the power of sin. Now some of you may in your heart feel you want to object to that and say but that's not my fault. I wasn't even there when Adam sinned. I didn't do that. I didn't vote for Adam. But let me respond to that statement by saying this. What the Bible is teaching here is that if you or I had been in the Garden of Eden that day, we too would have done exactly the same thing as Adam did that day. And don't kid yourself otherwise. The big question is, is can you have a relationship with God? Can fallen humanity still have a relationship with God? Can the image of God be restored in individual men and women? Can we ever get back into that Garden of Eden type relationship with God? And these are the questions that these early verses in Genesis pose. And the rest of the book, indeed the entire Bible, is an answer to that very profound question. And we shall begin to look at the first of those answers contained within the next few verses of Genesis the next time. Okay everyone, that's it for this time. Thank you for joining me. Now the place to go to connect to this and any other ministries I'm involved in is the podcast notes section of the audio podcast on the Buzzsprout website. Or by looking in the episode notes section on whatever app provider you use. Within that you'll not only find the transcript of each talk, but you'll also find links to all the ministries and the way to connect with us, including the Facebook page, my YouTube channel, and links both to this, the daily podcast, and the Living in Faith Everyday podcast, which is a weekly roundup of all the various Bible study and talks that I'm doing over the period of the preceding week. You'll also find links there to my SoundCloud and my Bandcamp page, where I create the background music and the sound design of these broadcasts. But with that, all I'd like to say is thank you for joining me and I hope to join with you again very soon.